You told my friend she was ugly. What she is ugly. Doomsday edition episode of the Pop Issues Podcast. I'm your host, John, and I am quarantine safe and sound, virus-free as far as I know. How about you? What you doing? So before we begin, I do have a legal note here from, uh, from Gloria. Thanks, Gloria. Disclaimer. This podcast is an entertainment and media commentary program with satirical and comedic elements. All opinions expressed are mine alone and all are covered under the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Okay? If you came here looking for some sort of legitimate, serious political insight, you in danger, girl, because... This boy, I don't think I even passed government class in high school. I'm not totally sure how it all works, but I know how people work and I recognize behavior and that is what I'm commenting on. So I know that I vote and then I didn't get what I wanted. So I'm sad about that um, because I'm a total lunatic running the country. And look, that's just my analysis based on behavior that I see and, um, language used. And just frankly, in a nutshell, basically the person I see up at the podium is a nut job. Okay. And, um, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. I know a lot of people thought, oh, the reasoning I heard for a lot of people voting for the orange monster, as I refer to him, um, was that they wanted to see the country. They wanted somebody to shake it up. Let's shake it up in Washington. Well, turns out shaking it up in the middle of a pandemic, not so fun. So that's just my humble opinion. But look, I'm willing to call a spade a spade on either side. I don't care if y'all wearing red, blue, donkeys, elephants, giraffes. I don't give a fuck. If somebody's acting like an asshole, it's our responsibility to recognize it, call it out, and not let it slide. Either side. Democrat, Republican, who the hell cares? Oh my gosh. And you know what? I was totally going to ask. I was going to I was going to take a poll at the beginning of this episode before anything and say, do you want me to bitch about people now or later or... I mean, I do, I, uh, it's kind of the whole show, really. That's our theme, but um, the ranting. Do you want the ranting at the beginning? Do you prefer it at the end, or do you like it sprinkled throughout like a potpourri? Um, you know, I'm malleable. I'm willing to work with your tastes. I know when I was doing the Drag Dungeon podcast with my friend Jay, uh, we would do hot topics at the top of the show, like Wendy Williams or The View. And I frankly was way more interested in the current events and pop culture stuff than I wanted to. I was more interested in that part. I would rather talk hot topics than RuPaul's Drag Race, just to be honest. And I think that was (laughs) very obvious to our listeners. So, but this is all hot topics, basically. 
but I do love a rant and to bitch about people. So, you know, if it's too much at the beginning, if I'm turning you off, um, too fucking bad. No, I'm kidding. You can give me feedback. Send me a message. DM me. Send some cash, some plasma, hand sanitizer too while you're at it. Just go go right ahead. Follow me on Instagram at Pop Issues. I'm here. And thank you to the few people <laughs> who uh, gave me some very nice feedback about the first few episodes of the relaunch of the Doomsday Edition of Pop Issues. And I hope you know that title isn't just. It's just trying to make light of a very serious situation because you know what? Um... Why not? Everything is so intense on the news. Who the hell wants to watch the news? Like, I breeze by it, but it's like, I don't want to wake up in the morning and and see how many people died overnight. Like, the death count. It's too much. It's a lot. So, I believe in levity, and that's what I'm trying to do here, and I hope it's working for you. Um, So, I appreciate the feedback either way. Um, Let's talk about what's going on as we have been in your neck of the woods. Where I am, the mask wearing, I've seen one person wearing a mask. And it was this morning, I went to the gas station. The man in front of me, now they have signs up asking everyone to pay with a credit or debit card to avoid, you know, touching the money and the currency, the coins, everything. The man in front of me, he has a mask on, which A+. plus. Not that I'm like the coronavirus police, like I'm not out calling the police. I'm not like Key Fob Kelly, like following people around, calling, reporting. I don't give a shit. You live your life. Um, just don't kill me, please, or my family or friends. The man in front of me is um, buying a tall boy, which I don't know how much those are. And this is 9 a.m., by the way. And uh, he pays in change. And so he hands over, and this guy, he looks a little grimy, no judgment. Maybe he was a trucker or something, although I didn't see a truck. Um, He hands the change to the cashier, and the look on the cashier's face, who wasn't wearing a mask either, um, was like, I'm dying. I I just got the coronavirus. And me standing six feet behind me of tape on the floor, I'm like, oh my God, I, I feel the virus coming on. I'm getting it. It's happening right now. I mean, these are the things, the paranoia that's really running through our minds now. I mean, at least me. And then people are looking at me crazy because I got a mask on. I'm like, but I thought it was mandatory. I've only been out a few times in the past month. So I'm like, I'm trying to follow the rules. I'm not trying to kill nobody. I'm not trying to get killed. I don't want to be infected. I'm just trying to get my Coke Zero, my gasoline, and go home. Okay? Essential items only. I'm not going, I'm not, you know, uh, living La Vida Loca out, whining and dining. I mean, the traffic, you would have... You would have no idea that anything was going on. It looked like the Macy's Day fucking parade in my uh, city. I was like, um, are we just in denial or what? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I feel like living where we do in, in the middle of the country, outside St. Louis, we have the tremendous advantage of seeing what has happened across the world, Europe, Italy especially, and obviously in China, um, and now even in Chicago, that we know what is about to happen if we don't check ourselves and stay the fuck home if we can. And a lot of people are just 
throwing caution to the wind and saying, fuck it. I don't care. It's never going to happen to me. It's not going to happen here. And that kind of just like outrageous ignorance is maddening to me. Not because, like I said, I'm not like policing people's behavior. I don't give a shit what you do. But this is a public health thing. And I just can't wrap my head around it because, you know, a lot of people are conspiracy theorists. Oh, they're trying to uh, institute martial law and take away our civil rights. And that's it. And I'm like, okay, I'm exhausted already. Like, um, if you're putting other people at risk, like, is it going to kill you to stay home for a month? Can you just stay home unless you're going to work or something to get food, something, pick up your kids, you know, can you just try? People are like going out of their way to leave the house and do shit, which I find semi-infuriating in theory because if someone in my family were to get sick or a friend or something uh, I would be so upset that people are just they don't give a shit but you know what I knew this would happen because ever since that alleged task force those jokers got up there and said you know as long as our plan is as long as everybody does their part I was like oh stop right there when has everybody doing their part ever worked ever it doesn't work Anybody who's ever been in line at the DMV or a concession stand at a baseball game, even in the funnel cake line at the carnival, Chuck E. Cheese with your tickets waiting to get a stuffed animal, when you're in line behind people, you really see what assholes people really are. You see the real people. It's not like Sunday church service where everybody is like, oh, bless you and good morning and nice to see you. No, you see the real animal in people. Now, here's my question. What is it going to take for people to realize that this is a serious issue? Um, there's plenty of news coverage. That's all there is in the news, it, on the news or in the newspaper, is a daily death count. Photos of bodies being loaded into refrigerated trucks in New York City. Mass graves being dug to, to hurl the unclaimed bodies in, like uh, abandoned Times Square. What is it going to take? What is it going to take for you to get take this seriously? And what's even more disturbing to me is, it's almost like... Uh, and I'm sorry for the comparison in advance because it's not it's not cute to reference the Holocaust unless you really have to. I know that, and I'm not making a joke about it. Are the these are like the same kind of people that are Holocaust deniers? Like, oh, it never happened. First of all, I can't even I don't even know what the rationale is there. But like, what is it going to take for you to take this seriously? Because people are dropping dead all over the place. It could be one of your friends or family next, or anybody. We don't want nobody to die. Okay, I don't like it. But um, what I find most disturbing is that it shows a real lack of empathy in people. And lack of empathy is one of the indicators of narcissistic personality disorder and psychopaths. Are you a psychopath? Do you know one? Are you so self-involved that you don't give a flying fuck about, you know, the general population? I mean... You don't care about the people in your own house or anyone. I don't know. It's really disturbing. Remember after 9-11, if you're old enough, it felt like the country kind of came together like we were all because we had a common enemy that was not on our soil. 
So there were flags waving and everybody, I mean, that day, the day of 9-11 was very, you know, gas stations where people were lining up to get like we're running out of gas. It was a little freaky there for a minute and a long time after. I'm not, not trying to make light of 9-11, obviously. But then there was like a very, um, like a feeling of us all coming together in a sense. And maybe it was just a feeling. Maybe we didn't really, I guess, probably not, because here we are now in this situation where we have, um, like I said before, in my opinion, a lunatic running the country and uh, just spewing out misinformation, attacking reporters, um, giving medical advice, stating he has total power over all the states. I mean, just, and people will believe it because he said it. And if you're not a critical thinker, um, it's time it's time to check yourself and get into it because you can't follow this person blindly. Uh, the orange monster, as I call him. I know I'm going to get some feedback about this, I'm sure, just for mentioning it. But um, I don't know. if <laughs> You're either a terrible judge of character which is valid, a lot of people are, or your heart is just filled with hatred. It's, it's one of those things, in my opinion. If I'm wrong, please tell me what you see in this person, especially in this time in a crisis, that's comforting you. Again, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican. I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to understand what, unless, because I only see negative. That's all I see, really. Um, that's all. Just trying to understand you, that's all. Let's get together. Let's figure this shit out. Because that election, oof. That is the last thing I hear about now, isn't it? I don't mean to be, um... <laughs> I'm la it's a nervous laugh. I don't mean to be negative, but I am negative. And, uh, that election, I feel, is just gonna be null and void. I feel like Trump will be reelected without a doubt. Um, he's on TV every single day, multiple times per day. Happy to be doing it most of the time. He's either ad-libbing uh, when he goes off the rails, or usually later in the day he's got a, a, uh, a written speech that he reads off of very slow at like a fourth grade reading level. And uh, old Joe is quarantined down in the basement. I don't mean to call him old Joe, I'm just saying. The poor guy. I just feel like he needs an... <clears throat> <laughs> I just don't have a lot of faith in it, okay? I liked Bernie a lot. I felt that in that last debate that Bernie was just running circles around Joe. And then in the preliminaries, Joe swept. He swept the states, whatever states those were. So I was kind of bummed out about that. I liked Elizabeth Warren also. It's just not looking too good. If, if you think differently, also let me know. Okay, now switching gears, all my cool cats and kittens. You guys watch that documentary? I know I'm like a month late on this, but I just watched it like last week. Tiger King or whatever, Joe Exotic. And you know what? It was a lot. I can't believe they crammed so much into, what is it, seven episodes? I only made it to like episode six. I was like, I'm, I'm full. There was so much craziness in every single one of those episodes. Netflix, I mean just give them the awards now this was not making a murder this was like insane reality tv you couldn't it's the craziest thing you'll ever see on tv but that being said um 
everybody seems to love Joe Exotic, even though he openly admits that he just like shot and killed tigers because they were too old. <laughs> and like he he couldn't have children taking photos with them and they were too expensive to feed. So he's like, I'm just going to kill him. Sounds like a great guy, right? I don't know. He was turning out straight boy. It was just like, it's a lot. But him, all the people are awful. All the three main characters. I'm not going to go into it. You saw it, you know. But am I the only one that's like, you know what? I could, I could kind of see how these people fell into this lifestyle. Like, to be honest, are we that different? Um, I mean, personally, I think I'm only like one uh, presumed dead missing spouse and a few exotic animals away from being Carol Baskin. You know, riding on my bicycle, collecting my checks, fooling the world. Um, Joe, you know, was clearly, I mean, allegedly, there was a lot of drugs going on. Like, the crystal meth was just flowing, like, it was on, the shit was on tap. Now that I cannot relate to. But it looked like they were having a real good time for a while. Oh, and off topic. Not that there is any real topic. Uh, There are a couple things um, that I'm bummed down about. One of them is the Pussycat Dolls reunion. It's a big change from Joe Exotic. But, you know, the Pussycat Dolls came back in December, January uh, with React, their fantastic new single. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to make a new album. This is exactly what pop music needs. After last year, was just a travesty with Madonna and Madame X and that whole thing. I blame Madame X for the virus, to be honest. So I was like, oh, the Pussycat Dolls. Yes, this is great. Postponed indefinitely, along with Lady Gaga's album, If You Care. I personally don't. The song was okay, the single that she put out. I don't need the album right now. It's supposed to come out on New Year's Eve. Great timing. Don't you love how the human mind works? Like, we all just think, you know, the end of this year, December 31st, the virus crisis will be over. It'll be over. It'll be a fresh new year, new me, no virus doesn't exactly work that way, but it's a nice thought. It's kind of like the, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. We all know we're just lying to ourselves. I got an email today from Apple asking if I want to pre-order the new iPhone. Now talk about tone deaf. Great timing, Apple. Now I know I was just telling people yesterday, employed the task force people to purchase Apple products because they're so loyal to Bill Gates because I was on board with that whole thing, which I still am. What's he doing? But um, for Apple to send out emails like, hey, you want an iPhone? Number one, they're all made in China. Number one, like half the country's lost their jobs right now or in financial ruin. Um, So unless, you know, if you're buying a new iPhone, even though it's a cheaper model that they announced today, it's like $400. Who the hell's buying a new fucking phone if you absolutely don't need one? If I see somebody with one of those new iPhones, I'm going to be like, dang, you rich. Just not great timing for them. But I guess they have to make meet their numbers and, uh, you know, um, make their Im- investors happy. But I won't be buying a new anything, <laughs> probably. Oh, you know, Miley Cyrus has a new album coming out. Now, Miley Cyrus is one of my favorite all-time voices. She is a beautiful voice. I know she does a lot of tacky shit. And with the whole Hannah Montana and the 
the fucking a teddy bear on stage and twerking in the tongue. There's a lot of distractions with Miley, but she is so talented. Her voice is beautiful. Her album Bangers was incredible. I relate I compare it to um, like Britney's Blackout, like the pinnacle of her career. Of course, Miley's career is still happening, whereas Britney, I, I don't know if there'll be another album at least anytime soon. Um, but Miley, she's got some new music coming out. The last album was fine, but it wasn't memorable. Bangers was awesome. That was um, the lead single off that was We Can't Stop. And we can't stop and we won't. Remember that? The great music video. That's when she was like, I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm an adult and I'm a whore. And it totally worked. It was excellent PR, marketing, um, album artwork, video. Everything was cohesive. And it was like, I'm an adult. I suck dick. I sing great songs. Buy my shit. And you know what? We bought it. Have you guys also, speaking of new music, have you heard Nene Lake's new single? Honey. Now I can't play it, obviously, because somebody will sue me. Because um, she's very rich, bitch. But I posted a little clip on Instagram. I think it's super cute. Nene has a, a good voice. I don't know. I guess that would be considered rap. Honey. He love honey like Pooh Bear. What you really trying to do here? Something like, it, That's really bad, but it's like that. Oh, but before we get... You know what I forgot to tell you earlier? The guy in front of me that was buying the tall boy at 9 a.m. at the gas station with the coronavirus change, um, not only was he buying that, he also had to um, check all his lotto tickets. Can you check my lotto tickets for me? I'm like, dude, there is no, you're not, there is no jackpot to be hit. You want to, you woke up this morning. That's the jackpot. You're not in the ICU. Jackpot. If you don't get your ass out of this line and let me pay for my shit and get the hell out of here and go home and get in a hot shower and sanitize my pussy, I'm going to freak the fuck out. I understand why people go off the rails. That was just one trip out per week. Can you imagine? If I had to go um, to a physical workspace every day, I would lose my shit. I feel terrible for people that are in that predicament. Like if you, what, what are your choices? Okay, I can go to work get sick like even people that work at the grocery store like how fucked up is that it's like you're going into a war zone oh uh, yeah i'm a checker at, at, at the grocery store i might die today i might get the virus that kills my entire family it's it's fucked up and it's disappointing how completely unprepared we are at every single level to handle this okay i'm not ranting about it anymore I want to talk about The Real Housewives in New York, but first I want to talk about Bethany shading the living fuck out of Bravo and The Real Housewives in New York City, which is the show that we all know her from that launched her career in a major way. The reason, basically, she is where she is. She's a very determined, intelligent, successful businesswoman. I'm sure she would have been successful regardless, but Bravo and The Housewives were the launching pad for her entire brand, and she said some things about the ratings for Real Housewives that were not very nice. And I, I was a little shocked, actually. I'm like, damn, Bethany. Like, I guess maybe she's really never coming back now. So let me read you this excerpt from page six. Bethany Frankel may have gone too far this time. We're told the cast, including some of her longtime pals and supporters and top producers on The Real Housewives of New York, are furious with the former colleague after she took a cheap shot about the show's ratings during a TV interview. 
Frankel quit the show last August after eight seasons on and off as a member of the cast, and she's now working on a new reality show, The Big Shot, for the upcoming HBO Max channel. But on Tuesday, she said on Extra of her former show, the ratings overall in television have never been higher, and perhaps the ratings on Real Housewives aren't doing well because it's sort of not maybe the content that is inspiring people to do what they need to do right now. End quote. Now you have to admit that was just shady as fuck. Why is she why does she give a fuck? Like I thought she was onto bigger and better things. Like that's that's her spin on the situation. You know, she left I think she described it as golden handcuffs of the Real Housewives because she's making a ton of money on it. It promoted her business. It was just win, win, win all over the place to go do the Be the Next Bethany Apprentice show, which I personally am not interested in at all. Um, I I don't mean it's going to sound super negative, but I think Bethany is kind of a one trick pony as far as hold up. I don't, I'm not hating on her. I'm just saying she really found her bread and butter with the housewives and the philanthropy and the margarita, it, the synchronicity of it all. And to branch out into something that just sounds like recycled, you know, spare parts from shows we've already seen, it doesn't sound great. It sounds like a Shark Tank apprentice mashup. Personally, I, nothing about that sounds appealing to me. So remember when Bethany went away to do her talk show? Now that made sense because that would be a bigger profile for her. But this HBO, who the hell even gets HBO Max? Is that, I don't know. Where do I find that? Um, I'm not going to, that's not something I'm going to go out of my way to watch. And I don't think Bethany fans, even hardcore ones are hardcore enough to go searching out for HBO Max or ordering it, especially now that Game of Thrones is off. (laughs) <laughs> to watch Bethany pick the next Bethany Jr., basically. So regarding this week's episode of New York, I actually wrote some shit down. You watched it, I watched it. Let's just hit some of the highlights, okay? Something that I um, just realized watching this week's episode is that Ramona is the de facto leader of the group now. Like, Bethany's gone. It feels very much like a ship without a captain or what's the expression you know what i mean like there's no leader bethany i've said it before i'll say it again lover or hater she is the best housewife she is the prototype the blueprint bethany moved the stories forward so without her there to do that and to dig at people um and like needle ramona things are moving a little slower so you'll notice the emphasis is more on (laughs) i think sonia is probably drinking more because she's probably nervous like oh my god this scene you know they don't let them go until they get what they need footage wise so at least that's word on the curb so sonia's probably like fuck it i'm just gonna get drunk and act a hot ass mess what a great job and let me tell you she has been giving out so many funny drunken one-liners just in this episode it's like job security for at least three more years way to go sonia for pulling your weight but ramona you'll notice without bethany there she's almost a completely different person like she's calmer she's more responsible like she actually remembered leah's name i think she only had to be corrected once and she inquired about the correct way to say leah's name so i was like you know Leah, who even I was calling Julia last week. (laughs) 
But I just noticed that, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? I wonder what Bethany, you know Bethany's watching. But it's interesting to see Ramona in the leader role of the group. Dorinda's a hot-ass mess. I don't know what's going on with her. Um, speaking of Leah, she's growing on me. I like her a lot. I feel, of course, that can change episode to episode, year to year. Um, I waffle with all the bitches, usually. There are some that I just have never liked and will never like, like Kenya. I like her on the show, as Nini says. She's great for the show. Um, as a person, as a character, can't can't stand her like that's not somebody i'd want to be friends with in real life but sometimes that makes a great housewife um but leah seems she's not in this episode she seems very chill they are trying to slot her into the bethany role which are huge impossible shoes to fill obviously but the marks she can hit are the voice of reason that's easy with this group (laughs) and um you know, make some sarcastic commentary in her interviews, which she's doing also. So way to go, Leah. I'm proud of you. Um, Also, I noticed that she's very, like, pretty in a strange way. This, I mean, of course she's attractive. They wouldn't have somebody busted on here. But her face is perfectly symmetrical. Have you noticed? And she kind of looks like Lana Del Rey. I'm sure somebody else has probably already made that comparison. But she's really pretty. Um... Let's see. Oh, Luann. Luann was forced to sleep in the lower level, which is AKA the basement of Ramona's house, and threw a whole shit fit about it. I couldn't tell, was that temper tantrum real or was she playing it up for the cameras? I mean, that was over the top ridiculous, especially considering all the room drama from seasons past and how much she's been shamed just last season for being a diva. I'm like, what? Is this real? Who the hell cares? It was a lovely basement. I'd stay there. But anyway, she's like, oh, darling, I had to go to the chiropractor because my back was all fucked up from sleeping in your damp basement. (sighs) Well, that made you look like a bitch, whether it was real or not. Everybody's going to the winery. Leah decides now is a great time to start drinking. (laughs) And I couldn't agree more. What a great choice, Leah. It looks like I mean, you have to imagine, this is a very intimidating group to come into, even without Bethany. You know, for such a long-running, established uh, franchise, she's probably like, shit, I gotta have, I gotta loosen the fuck up. So it looks like, from what we've seen in the previews, she's getting naked and getting buck wild. So that'll be interesting to see the other side of her, it always is. Um, why is Ramona... Ramona's crying at the winery... <laughs> Luann didn't show up because my back's fucked up, darling. Uh, Ramona's crying again. And I'm wondering what, why every time Ramona has a glass of wine in her hand, is she crying hysterically? I just want a man to hug me and love me and hold me and need me. That was the first episode of this season. And now here we are again. And she's like, you know what? I was driving in the Berkshires and I was thinking about my mother. And I was like, where's my life going? In Mario? And I'm just like, in Avery? And and then everybody's turning. Dorinda is crying and nodding like she knows exactly what Ramona's talking about. And I'm like, um, th- she's not making, these are just fragmented sentences. This, this isn't even a complete thought. But Dorinda's like, yeah, I totally feel you. Very, <laughs> very strange. And Lee's just sitting over there like looking like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? 
uh, they decide to play the game where they go around the table and reveal something about themselves, like a party starter or a icebreaker game. I'm like, wow, we're doing this already on episode three, Bethany. So everybody has to reveal something about themselves immediately, right off the bat, as opposed to other shows, other seasons, um, other housewives, where it takes the whole season for them to pull something out of somebody. Okay, I'm down for it. I made a note that, um, oh, Tinsley. God, it's like, is she even in the room sometimes? I'm so sick of hearing about the baby. And what's with her dating another guy in Chicago? That is so passive aggressive and clearly trying to get Scott's attention. She's so obvious. Tinsley's like a non... It's hard to feel one way or another about her. Like, I don't mind her being on the cast. But then again, she's taking up a spot that somebody could be bringing more to the table. So it's good that this is probably... I think it is her last season, right? Because she she either stopped filming or she's mar- I don't, marrying Scott. I don't know. Um, but she won't be missed. She needs to have that baby on her own, though. I know, I do know that. Don't complicate it legally with a man. Just have that fucking baby, and then the pressure will be off, and you can find somebody who actually loves you and just doesn't want you to do coupon commercials. Dorinda comes out of nowhere, out of left field, and says, I'm scared every day. And I'm like, what? What is going on? Like, what is in this wine? Um, send me a bottle. But it's like, <laughs> everyone is emotionally traumatized. Dorinda, I don't know, she didn't exactly get to the point of why, um, but it seems to all stem from her house flooding, which I understand, that could fuck you up. But she was like, the sky is falling like Chicken Little, like, my entire world, I've never been in this situation where I've had houses, I'm not making fun, I'm just imitating, I've never had houses and and responsibilities and i'm like um you were awfully judgmental judgmental of tinsley for allegedly having an arrangement with scott which i still don't understand now you're having a mental breakdown over a, a leaky basement i don't get it i hope bluestone manor is restored to its original state of beauty though um let's see Oh, I love the Ramona dating montage that they play when uh, Dorinda or somebody makes a comment about Ramona is like has multiple dates, pardon my paper, has multiple dates in one day and they like go back through the past five seasons since she divorced Mario and uh, I'm leaving. I have to go on a date. My favorite was when they were at Tinsley's carnival. Remember the Big Apple Circus where Tinsley was crying in pigtails? with those big rosy cheeks and she's like i'm miserable and her mom was looking at her like this bitch and ramona's like i have i have to go i have a date right now i'm like wow she is really double booking like i don't even do that like one event i'm done i'm so old okay let's see what else is going on oh they're going to a party at a rich a rich guy's house a rich dude's house that's a kesha song I love the shade of the producers, editors, whomever was responsible for putting up the graphic of page six saying that it was a Trump fundraiser <laughs> at the guy's house. And also he's selling the house. So two birds, one stone, and he's going to get some pussy out of it. So wh- whoever that guy is, I forgot his name already. Joe Farrell. Everybody's boned him too. He's another one of those red scarf guys or um, that guy that Aviva was married to. 
Bethany went out with them, Tinsley and Ramona. Like, that's a wide net to be casting. Like, pick a lane. Why are you dating somebody uh, 40 and 60? And I'm not I'm not judgy like that. Like, do you? But usually somebody has a type. Like, if you like people 20 years younger than you, and that's appropriate, then that's kind of what you stick to. That's He's clearly like um, a groupie. But whatever. His house is $39 million. We all learned that. Because everybody kept mentioning it over and over. It was so tacky. You wouldn't believe how fucking tacky wealthy people are sometimes. Um, so... Sonia is drunk before I think she woke up and started drinking at Ramona's house. So she is slurring and stumbling all over the place. If she were my friend, I wouldn't even gotten in the car with her unless there were cameras there and we were getting paid. I'd be like, come on. But, um, Sonia's still stress drinking and, uh, I'm assuming. And they arrive at the guy's house. She is just being hella obnoxious, but but it's fun for us. And you know what I like is Leah could just roll with it. She wasn't embarrassed. She wasn't apologizing. She wasn't trying to be a babysitter. She was just like, yeah, my friend's a drunk mess. I like that about you, Leah. Liking you more and more. Um, what's with the bowling alleys in rich people's houses? Isn't that so retro? Like, that's corny. That's something they did at the spelling manner, Aaron spelling, Aaron and Candy. Who wants to fucking bowl, even if it is in your house? Put a movie theater in. Put a skating rink in. Or be like Muhammad and put in, um, what is it, a Moroccan sex room? Ugh. So the rest of the episode is basically just like Ramona's getting on a swing and the guy's like spinning her around and she just looks like a little girl like having the time of her fucking life like Sheik is just knocking dicks off her left and right she is so charming I mean the cootie cat must be really good because I can't imagine like Ramona it's like the lights are on somebody's in there but you have no idea what they're thinking or doing or what they're tinkering with it's just it's very frenetic I don't think I could date somebody like that. But she is a very sweet person. And she has calmed down significantly now that Bethany is out of the picture. <sighs> Can't stop saying Bethany. It's like a drinking game. How many times do we say Bethany? Oh, no, we sound like Watch What Happens Live. Liz, how many times did I say Bethany in this episode? 50. Okay. 50 shots for Bethany. I do miss her. I hope she isn't burning bridges. Actually, I feel like that's impossible. She could probably say Bravo can kiss her ass and she hates them and they'd still take her back in a heartbeat because she is that good. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. I Like I said in the premiere episode, I was kind of bummed out. It just, the vibe was off. But now that everybody's drunk, it, it seems to be getting better. I'm a little worried though because from the preview next week, everybody's drunk at Ramona's house and they fuck her whole house off. They're breaking shit, breaking dishes up in here. Somebody puts a vibrator in a dish full of chicken, which is already iconic. Like, somebody make a graphic. I want an enamel pin. I want a t-shirt. Like, a, there's a dildo, a vibrator, and the chicken. Like, that is a line that will go down in history. Congratulations, season uh, 12, for already having an iconic quote in the season. That is outstanding. 
Thank you so much for joining me in another episode of Pop Issues, the Doomsday Edition. I know I went off on the politics a lot at the top. That won't be every week. I promise it won't. Please do me a favor. Tell a friend. Leave a five-star rating. Subscribe. Send some love. And tell your daddy I miss him. I miss his embrace. I miss you, daddy. You act for this shit, daddy. Welcome back to the broadcast, your favorite podcast. You ask for this shit if you want.